In the, in the new edition on page, thanks, so it's okay. Page shouldn't pay. 48 in the in the uh, in the older in the old edition. Hayisi Eitzel Oshir Balchaima. You have it. Hayisi Eitzel Oshir Balchaima. The Rebbe talks about about time, about wasting time, being careful with time. Page shouldn't pay. Page 48. So he states Elosha Balchaima. The Rebbe says that he was that he was uh, in the company of a of a wealthy person. Balchaima meaning a person of, of many possessions, of big home. And this is a person who's who doesn't even have to leave house. His house, his Parnassi has uh, he's home all the time. He doesn't have to go anywhere. Yes, in those days that was really unusual. They didn't even have computers then, right? So he was uh, a person that, that uh, of of means that didn't have to really do much. Didn't have to go anywhere. And he says, "Daigos acheres gam kein lo And I didn't see that he had any any other worries either. He didn't have any other worries. So for us, it's okay. He didn't have any other worries. Kibinyani haguf ein lo Physically, in the physical world, he wasn't missing anything. Ein lo chayser. Ubinyani hanefesh ein amargish chayser. And in spiritual things, he didn't feel that anything was missing. Other than physical things, he taka wasn't missing anything. And in spiritual things, he thought he wasn't missing anything. So there was only one worry that I saw. He was he was bothered. He, he had on his mind. The one worry that he had is, how should he spend all the free time that he has? What should he do? Right, all the free time. In those days, they didn't really have television. There weren't too many. There weren't too many. Uh, um, there weren't too many places to go golfing back in in those days uh, outside of Warsaw. <coughs> Bagel shops in the summer they didn't have. I mean, what are you gonna do? You read you read the Yiddish newspaper for a half hour, and that's it. That was his one tiger. Look, what am I gonna do with all this time? Not only that, I saw what I saw, and this is how I found him, is that he schmoozes with his with his family and his relatives just because he has nothing else to do. He likes to schmooze. In other words, it's nice to talk to you. You should talk to your family and relatives. Tachlis, you have to, and you talk. But he just seemed to have nothing better to do. So he was talking to his he he'd spend a lot of time talking to his family and relatives and friends. Nira Hayali the way I'll tell you, he says, the Rebbe says, I'll tell you how I looked at this guy. I saw this person as a neshama, like a soul, who is able to get to Gan Eden, who has access to paradise. This is a famous chassid shemaisa, which I'll tell you a little bit. You, you, I once told this on Shabbos Agadol many years ago. So he says this person is like to me is like the is like the uh, 
is like th- that that Jew who in this world, in the physical world, was a wagon driver, was a Balagol, and he saved he saved two Jews, he saved the lives of two Jews. And because he was an ignorant person, this wagon driver, and didn't have any hasagi, didn't have any understanding, or wouldn't have any appreciation for what paradise was all about. What they gave him was, they put him into, they gave him a beautiful palace. And they gave him, they gave him a, a whip. He was a balagola, he was a wagon driver. So his whole life he went with a whip. And now they, in Gan Eden, what are you going to do with the guy? Are you going to put him next to a bikibag and let him hear some tisus or something? It's not, to him that would be, that you know, yeah, he wouldn't enjoy that. So what, what do they do? They gave him, they put him into a nice palace and they, and they gave him a whip. And he, and he says all day long, he's, he's able to, you know, he's able to practice with this, with this whip. <laughs> Until the Malachim, the angels had Rachman and Shetabit as a Ganadin Bishait that that he's going to that he's losing his entire or, or the entire Ganadin is being ruined or he's losing his whole Ganadin with the with his whip. This is I also have the same pity the same pity that the angels had on this on this guy that's that's spending his whole Ganadin just practicing with a whip, so I had the same Rachmanis on this rich guy that had nothing to do with his time. That was a Maisa, that Maisa, I mean, it's a little bit different from what we have. It's a famous Maisa that there was a, um, that once the Chedush Arim, the Chedush Arim made up in his mind that he's going to, uh, what's it, the Chedush Arim? Huh? Yeah, but the Chedush Arim, that he, he, he made up in his mind that he's going to see the Rabbi. No matter what he's going, no matter what he's going to see the tzaddik. I guess he was going. Uh, I guess he was going to the to the um, to the uh, Rebbe Rabunim. I'm trying to remember who the if it was. There. But anyway, he made up in his mind he's going to the tzaddik. So the so the chedush arim. So the uh, so the chedush uh, had to had to, it wasn't good weather and he had to hire a wagon driver. And it was all nice. The wagon driver couldn't. Uh, nobody could do it. And it was and it was. Uh, he got the tzaddik on his head. It was too close to Shabbos. But anyway, he found some wagon driver who said, "Rabbi, I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there." And they were going, and it was very, very tough. And it was very uh, there, there wasn't enough time to get to town. And um, and the wagon driver, the wagon driver kept on saying, "Don't worry, we're going to get there." And it came to a point that it was mamish uh, that that the chedushim saw that it's too close to Shabbos. They'll have to spend Shabbos in a, in a village. Uh, they'll have to spend Shabbos in this town. They can't make it to the to the Rebbe. But the wagon driver and and the wagon driver had uh, already one of the horses died, and then he had another horse, and and he was and and, and the wagon driver with mysterious nerves, without stopping, he says, "Rebbe, I'm going to get you there." And and he kept on going through the night, whatever, and he got it, and he got them to to the he got them to town. And um, and the Chodeshim didn't have time to. He just he just changed Shabbos and rented a mikvah, and he had to rent a mikvah. And then he had a terrible terrible chalisha sadas. That it turned, that that uh, right after Shabbos began Friday night, that wagon driver died. He died from the exertion, from the whole thing. He he wasn't well to begin with, and the trip was too much for him. Um, uh, and uh, and and the chedushim had a chalisha sadas that he was. He also went out right after because because that horse that died. The chedushim went right after, right before Shabbos. One of the first things he did was to arrange to get him a new horse. You know, he, to take care of him. And then he had a chlistas because the wagon driver died. And then, so, 
so they say that uh, that I think it was Moshe Shabbos or was on Shabbos that the Chedushim had when he heard the news. So he put his head down and for and for a long time he was he was in another world, and then he said that he said that when he uh, that he saw that wagon driver that when he came to the world of truth it was a whole commotion because really he wasn't a person that did anything his whole didn't do anything really much his whole life and learning and not much in mitzvahs he wasn't a bad guy but he didn't really have much going for him. On the other hand, on the other hand, look at this mysterious nefesh to to get to get. He says to get me to to the tzaddik for Shabbos, and he, and he gave up his life. So, the chedushim said that there was a commotion. What to do with him? And uh, and the decision was like to give him to give him Ganadin, to give him mamish Ganadin. What does he have a shaykes to Ganadin? They didn't. How can you let a guy like this into Ganadin? He doesn't know what it is. What he, he has no appreciation for it. On the other hand, to take him to the other place wouldn't wouldn't be right. So the din was the din was that they, that they're going to give him. That in that in that the reward was to give him a beautiful, perfect highway, a paved, a perfectly paved road, and two wonderful, healthy horses, and that forever he's able to, you know, that forever he's able to, to travel on this perfect road. Like this is his Ganadin, you understand? So he he got his Ganadin. It's like you know, and this and and he davened for him, but this is even a bigger Rachmanis, right? So. You know, could you imagine, like, if your whole thing is like, if your biggest Ganadin, your biggest Hasag of Ganadin in this world is like, you know, that the, 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 the stock went down three points and you bought it low and you sold it high. So, like, the whole, your whole Ganadin, like, you're forever, like, on the phone, buying and selling. And, get, and the satisfaction of that, uh, of getting it, you know, for your, for your price and selling it for your price. Like, that's, like, uh, and, and not only that, but the wagon driver thinks he's in this world. He thinks he never died. He, see, he thinks he's in this world. And he's like, and time, of course, there is not the same thing as time in this world. So he's always like on the way to pick up a customer on that beautiful road with two healthy horses. That's like his biggest hasaga, you know, of Ganeid. So that's, that's probably, the, it's a famous mice like that. Something, I mean, a practicing like that. I left out a little bit, but that's basically the mice. So, so the, so the Rebbe, the Pizetsna said that when he was by this rich person, he, and he thought of this mice. He said this like, here's a person, he has, he has all the time that he, he could possibly want. He has all the time in the world. And he, he, you know, he just doesn't know what to do. He goes around talking to people. He doesn't know what to do. It's, it's a Ganadin. So he, he's living in paradise because the greatest paradise is to have time. And he doesn't know what to do with it. He has no hasag of what time is. He doesn't know what time means. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to use time. Ish sheyesh lo zman. He says a person who has time... Upnai, he has some free time. Shakol rega mamish gan Eden hu. So the Rebbe says that every second, every single second, when you have free time, every second is mamish gan Eden, is mamish paradise. Kama yochel hulufa bechal shah. And the same way that gan Eden is so much that's available every second to take advantage of. So the Rebbe says, how much can a person accomplish every single, every hour? And Bemei slays, and can you imagine in 24 hours how much can be accomplished? And this, and this wealthy person that he saw, that he, that he spent some time with, he's Ma'abed Hakol, he throws it all away, he wastes it all. Stam, schmoozing. Schmoozing. Wasting time. See, so you can see the same thing with people's Shabbos. You can go to people's Shabbos. I'm not saying, again, of course you, you talk, 
and you and you love your family and you schmooze a little bit if you have company. But you see people that they can go like that a whole Shabbos. Just like schmoozing. You have a long you have a long Friday night. So tight to be finished with supper, it'll be it'll be seven. Right? But everything is already finished. <clears throat> you already benched seven o'clock. So either you have the uh you have those guys that, you know, seven o'clock they head straight for the they straight they head straight for their little grenade and uh, the pillow and the blanket. So that's one mahalach. Okay, they're tired. But seven o'clock, engage Lufen. You have one. Or you have the other one that like stum, like, you know, you have people that they'll just sit around from seven till ten o'clock. with Havel Havalim Mamish. Like, if you looked in, if you looked in, if they had a pictorial sh- uh, kahelis that says Havel Havalm, they have your picture there. <laughs> it's like they have, and he sits around and says, you know, all he's talking about, did you hear what happened this week in the Vad? Or, you know, did you hear, you heard what happened in, in the, uh, in this uh, shul that week? Yeah, I heard that guy this and this guy that, and Bachstam Shmuzen and, and Uncle and, and Cousin Yankee and, 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 and this one and Chnarishkeit, the whole, you know, you wait the whole week for Shabbos. And here you have you have you have Friday night a few hours. What an unbelievable time! If it means talking to a child, tachlis, learning or talking something, of course. That's what's more important than that. But stam havel havolim, the table you have people the whole Shabbos tables a havolim. There's nothing. Like what am I going to do? I have I have I have I have a couple hours. What am I going to do? So there's stam, and 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 it's it's. It's so tragic because especially Shabbos is Ganadin. Every minute of Shabbos is Ganadin. Every minute a person should have time to rest. But every minute of Shabbos is Ganadin. And Sicha Kalabatala. Stop talking Narishkeit. Nothing. Wasting time. Mamish Kinesi Bismano, the Rebbe says. I was Mamish jealous of this person's time, of the free time that he had. If only he could give me such a gift to donate to me. I just, can you imagine, he says, if I could just get a donation for this guy, because he had nothing to do with his time. He was trying to kill time. You know, he was trying to kill time. He didn't know what to do with it. I wish, I wish it were possible for him to give me four hours, just four hours in a, in a day. To give me every 20, just to have four extra hours. That I should be about 28 hours in a day instead of 24. Then we'd be happy together. We'd both be happy. Why? He'd be able to get rid of four hours that he can't stand because he's so bored he has nothing to do with his time. And I would have gotten, I would be wealthier because I'd have a piece of Ganadin, a piece of paradise to have more time. There were a few key words growing up in my, with my father. There were key words that were off limits. The starving, I told you, is that's off limits. Starving, forget it. Even hungry got a dirty look. But starving, forget it. And I'm bored. You know that, that lotion you ever hear kids say? I'm bored. If I, if I said I'm bored in the house, and my sister and I said those words, I'm bored, also, forget it. Forget it. Then my, my father said, okay, and he'd have to like, carry you know, half the furniture up and down. <laughs> You're bored. You couldn't believe, you know, that the Lushen, that you're bored, I'm bored. Which nowadays is the outcry of many of the children with all their tchotchkech, with all their, with all their $500 toys and their games and, and uh, their computers. <clears throat> they're still bored. 
This is the this is the this is the most terrible. This is the mo- the most horrible machla. This machla, the Rebbe says that the time is mamish and every single second is ganeid is paradise. And it's so misused. It's so wasted. It's so abused. And then, and then, you, know, you wish you had some more. You wish you had some more. And then when you get some more, then what do you do with it? And how do people spend them? They they, then you have people that they, that that they're, baruch Hashem at a point in life where they're able to retire and they're a little bit older, and you know so 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 now you know. So now what do you do? Now what do you do? So, you know, there's this, there's this fellow uh, uh, that I see on my block. You know, he's retired. A nice fellow. He's a Jewish guy. Like, he comes out at a quarter to ten or something. Every now and then he comes out from his house, you know, it's even in the morning. And he'll, in his pajamas. And he'll get, he's got, like, three newspapers. You know, he's got his Daf Yoymi and his Halacha Yoymi, his Mishnah Yoymi. He's got everything all lined up there. And you can see him sitting by his sitting by his thing in his, in his comfortable robe. And he has maybe one of those like little trays you could put in bed. You know those little trays that they you put in bed, and and he's gonna take a look at the newspaper, see what's going on. It was Tutsuk, you know what's happening in in Afghanistan today, and and uh, and what's going on with the president and the and the secretary of state. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's rachmanis, rachmanis. You, you have time. It could be personal work. So maybe worked very very hard his entire life, and now he has and now he has a couple of a couple of years, and he has the, the, those moments that. They're so precious. They're so unbelievable. No. So the Rebbe says, <clears throat> so we'd both be better off. Then the Rebbe is always, the Rebbe is always turns to himself and within himself, and he says, that the truth is, why should I, why should I covet? Like, why should I desire his his time? Zman reik kaze. His his empty slot. <laughs> a world of nothing, this emptiness. Without feeling, without understanding. Without falling, without rising. Is there anything to be jealous of? Well, he's not. It's interesting. The Rebbe's not jealous of the guy's life. He's jealous of his time. The Rebbe certainly wouldn't use it this way, but I guess he he, he sensed he had a feeling like I, you know in, in some way like this guy is so lucky. So he says, but look at his life. What's his life? He has a life without any without any Elias and Yeridas, without the feeling that feeling of of the difficulty when you go through Yerida and then you come to an Elias. He doesn't have any of that. Chaim Kolat Shukav and a life where all of his yearning and all of his pleasure is connected. Rak Laisa it's just when it comes time to eat, like you, ever, you know, you get into a hotel for a yontif, or get into one of these one of these situations. It's even worse if you ever were in a boat. You ever in a boat, a luxury liner? We had that once years when I was uh, when I was thirteen. We were coming back from Israel, so my 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 mother, so as soon as I got the head, she wanted to go back on a boat. And then my father saying, you know, I came to America in a boat. That's because I had no choice. We came in a boat. Like I don't, why, why can't we go on an airplane? My, no, my mother wanted to go on a boat, so we went on this boat. I don't remember. It was a long time. Weeks. Nah, it wasn't three weeks because we didn't make all these different. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it was maybe twelve days, but it was. A, it was a long mahalach. And I remember the. I was going crazy. <laughs> I, I played ten thousand games of ping pong with my sister. <laughs> That's how bad it was because nobody else there was like. It was like this. Fr- the, there, there was a from. There was a kosher kitchen. There was like a. There was some from. Like it was all like the older people. So I had to play with my sister the ping pong, and all you saw was like the water. <laughs> on and on and on, <clears throat> and and um, the, the 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 time, 
you know, the, the, the amount of time. And I was, and these people, like, thinking, like, you know, the push had nothing to do. That uh, nothing to do, and walking up and down the deck, and and uh, I remember my father took a, a pile of swarm that he was doing, and you know, and he met up with a couple of yidden over there, and but but the time, and and this is this is in America the greatest luxury is to have time, you know, people work hard, okay, and to have some spare time, but, but then what happens? No, this now you have your spare time. So now you have a couple of hours. How do you spend your Sunday? If you have off Sunday, how do you ha- how do you spend how do you spend your your, your um, you know your Friday night? How do you spend the time that you have? You have a little bit of a vacation. Okay, not that a person shouldn't relax, but you know, okay, so you so you're able to sleep a little bit late and you're able to have a little bit of a vacation. Oh, then then what? So this is and and you go to I remember I remember in that in that uh, in that boat so. The, the oil would like wait for supper or lunch break. They would sit around like outside the dining area. They would, they would start lining up like two hours before, just hanging out. It was only it was only a few hours, two or three hours until you sat again in that place because a tea, what? Yeah, no, they had it. They had all that stuff. There's a tea room also. There. Yeah, so you go right in the hotel. So you, you wait outside, and then you're waiting, and then, and then it comes time. To, and then when you're eating, the schmoozing, the schmoozing in the hotels, right? The schmoozing and schmoozing, talking and talking, and then and then you have to walk off a little bit, and then the, the tea room, and it's all eishaichel. This is what he's saying. Is the whole shuka? The only thing that this person longs for and craves for is when it, when it, when they go ding, you know, dining room open. It's like dining rooms open, you know. Breakfast is being served, so then this is. There are many, many older people that 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 those years where they finally have some menucha. It's it's. He says it's like it's like this guy in Ganeid and that's sitting there with the with the horse. Same thing. He has a little bit of menucha and as it. He's sitting. What? So his his hasog is that he has all the time perfect scrambled eggs and a cup of, you know, like a cup of coffee and, and, and a New York Times that no one else touched. The first, he's the first human hands to touch the paper. I mean, this is all, this is all Ganeid, and he sits there, and maybe, you know, maybe that's where we're in. Maybe, 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 you know, it's already after 120, and the Bernstein, because in that story, the scary part there is the guy doesn't know that, he's, that he died. <laughs> the guy doesn't know that he died. That's scary, right? If you think about that, Maisa, you can get, it's a little scary, because thing. maybe this is, you know, maybe it's happening to me. But then you figure it out, because I'm still in Gehenna, and this is not going to But, so as the Rebbe says, that's what all, all the guys waiting for is, time to eat. And, and my soul, my soul becomes becomes filled with, with uh, not with grief, with, with loathing. When I look at the emptiness and the and the pollution of such a tova vo, of such a of such a tova vo, such an emptiness. And then it says, furthermore, and the most important thing is. What's it my business to look at his free time? How come I don't look at my free time? Oh, can you imagine? What was that? So he says, Isn't it possible for me to take, to cut short a little bit, some of my own sleep? Isn't it possible for me to find little crumbs of time? Little pieces of time? 
built-in ergoshim that I don't feel that I just let them go by. Shalzman batalo have wasted time. V'she'ev shalachabram, and I could take those little crumbs, those little pieces. V'she'ev shalachabram, l'zman echad mesuyim, and if I would take all those little crumbs and bring them together, I could maybe have a little piece of time. And I could fill that new piece of time with serving Hashem. He says, if you're willing to exert yourself, if you're willing to really exert yourself, you will find, he says, plenty of time that's hidden away in your life. Don't complain, he says, if you're willing to exert yourself, if you're really, really willing to, because you have to pull together these crumbs of time, these little pieces, into one chunk. That means that that means the wasted conversations. That means the silliness. That means even even uh, phone calls and things like this. But if you're able to, you know, the Vilna Gon, it's famous. The Vilna Gon would make a cheshman at the end of the year. Every Rosh Hashanah, the Vilna Gon would make a cheshman of how much time he wasted. And the, and they say, I mean, the Dubna Magid said that, that he was, that, that when, they, when he once came in, the, the guy was crying uncontrollably. That it came out from the entire year came out something like there were 21 minutes that he made a chesham that he wasted. And even when the Vilna Gaon wasted time, you know, whatever that, I don't know what, that, what happened. But, uh, could you imagine? The Sacha call of an entire year? That's 22 minutes we waste 21. And there's a Sacha call from a whole year that, that, that the Vilna Gaon, and, you know, he, he never forgot anything either, so it's not like, you know, he forgot. So the Vilna Gaon took the entire year, all those pieces, all those seconds, all those crumbs, and he gathered them all together. It came out to less than half hour of of time that wasn't filled with avoda. Now you have to understand, even when you're learning, even when you're learning, so you could sit down to learn. So the Chazanish used to say that what's a masmid? A masmid is not someone that sits for twelve hours, fourteen hours. A masmid is someone that learns sixty minutes in an hour. That's a masmid. Now, how many times are you sitting and learning, and you're looking at the Gemara? Or you're looking at the, whatever it is you're doing, the Mishabura, the Sefer, the Rashi, the Chumash Rashi, you're looking at it, and, 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 you know, and, it could be in one minute that there are, that in one minute that there are, that, that, that there are 20 seconds where you're, you're like this, you're like that, where you're not exerting yourself, or Stam, you, you, you're drifting someplace. So if we were to, if we were Mamish to exert ourselves, to be able to really, really focus on time, you know, I'll tell you something interesting also that I found. Many of you know, I mean, I've shared this with some of you, that I personally, like, I, I hate the telephone with a passion. I personally hate the telephone. And I find it to be a very, very impersonal and just, I just don't like it. I don't like sitting on the phone at all. Uh, but you have to, you know, you have to, you have to be on the phone. But it, it's an interesting thing I found that, that, especially like there are certain, there are certain inyonim that I found with people that, um, that really, Many, many times in the day, so I'll speak to someone's person, say, can I come to talk to you? And I've started to say, I've started to try, and I, in the past, and I would talk to that person, I would discover, I thought about this a lot this year, then I would talk to the person, when we get together in person, he would say like, there would be like seven minutes worth of, of tachlis, and it would take an hour and a half. Like, first, you know, like, she wasn't like this, and like that, and telling me about the, you know, all these different, you know, which is... Okay, but, but it's just not tachlis. And then, and, and so now with certain individuals, so I don't want you to think that if you call and I say this, you know, that you get, but I say, you know, let's, let's talk right now on the phone. Especially if he's got his cell phone, he's got a chesed of his, of his, uh, minutes. So the whole thing we could, we could talk about like in, in, in five, ten minutes in the Indian. 
We could talk over the Indian and, and, and go through the Indian. And it's, of course, it's lacking the personal thing. And if we have time, you know, of course we do it otherwise. But, but this way, there's more that can be accomplished. There's just so much more that can be accomplished if, if, the, if the time is used if the time is used in a in a careful way, so if if you are able to make a cheshbon, if to make a cheshbon during during the course of a day, and we always we always feel we don't have enough time, but if we really if we really would take advantage of time, so then we we would be able to put together a nice piece of uh, uh, and, and to be able to use it to fill it with tachlis, and especially in the Shabbos, a person should should think of every single second of Shabbos is is, is a ganeden, it's mamish ganeden that's that's wasted without. Without learning, without without singing, without without uh, tachlis, even the talk that the talk should be tachlis and not just stam, that should be tachlis. And we're gonna ha- we're 120, you know, we're gonna have to explain all of those. We're gonna have to show all of those minutes, all of those hours, and explain what was going on over there. Shabbos. What do you think, Shabbos? <laughs> okay, ma'am. Hi. This is this is um. This is also it's also connected it's also connected to, to time and to wasted time, but in a different way. He said, Look, a person needs a stick, a shavit, you need to threaten. To threaten your, your Yetzirah. You need to, to, to shake up your Yetzirah to scare it. So the best way, the best shavit, meaning the best stick, to, to scare the Yetzirah, to discipline, to discipline your own Yetzirah, he says, is what? He says, you don't have to have it, you don't have to have anybody else coming to threaten you and scare you and, with punishments and, and all kinds of things. You don't have to have that. He says, "Is what?" The greatest punishment that a Jew could experience doesn't have to come from outside. He doesn't have to get malchus. He doesn't have to get, God forbid, karis or misses beizdin, or to be hurt and punished in beizdin. It's when a person. It's the feeling of remorse, of regret, of of a Jew who has done something wrong, and his heart is he, he tortures himself. Ma'animus libo, the charata, the feelings of regret and remorse that that torment the person himself after he has sinned, va'achan or after he has fallen. Dayam la'atzma, those feelings, those feelings of regret. The feelings that I can't, the feeling that I can't believe that I did that, and what's wrong with me, and and how could I have done such a thing? How could I have, how could I have lowered myself into that Indian? What's wrong with me, and so on? That horrible feeling of regret. The Rebbe says is really, really, if you feel that way, then it's dam latzma. Then you don't have to get any other punishment. You're off the hook. You're potter. Because that, as we're going to see, we'll learn in Rebbe together. That's Mamisha Gehenna. That itself. If a person really, really understands what he did was wrong, and it really, and it really eats away at his kishkas, that is Gehenna. That's the punishment of hell. Daim That should be enough to 
that should be enough to 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 uh, to serve as a as a threat, as a warning. that for the future to stay away. He'll never want to go back to that. Not because he's afraid of getting caught. Not because somebody's going to catch him and hit him or beat him up, or, or that some malach is going to give him a patch. Not because of that. But why? Because I remember what I went through last time I did this thing. That I, that I I was so tzibrochen from it. Nobody had to touch me. Nobody saw me. But within myself, I was so tzibrochen. I felt so broken. I felt so lost that it took me such. A, it took me a long time to get back to myself. I don't want to experience that again. I can't stand the thought. I don't want to go through that again. That was the worst Gehenim. That was the worst Gehenim that I could imagine. So I I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, it has nothing to do with, with any kind of punishment. It's just I can't go through that Gehenim again. There's a friend of mine told me that he had. The friend told me the other day that he had some uh, some cousin of his that that is a son that came from a very illustrious rabbinical family. Says so when they were growing up, the cousin said that his mom is chalishing. He would love to go to see a movie. You know, they're not like his. So he said he would love to go see a movie. You know, he's really because he always hears about it and he never saw one. He would love to see a movie, but. He always had this terrible thought. Well, like, what if the theater would burn down, and then they'd, they'd find them? You know, <laughs> they'd find them in the movie. <laughs> like, you know, that like, like, what are they going to say? Like, you know, what what are they going to think? Like, this, the you know, the Rosh Hashivas and the family. Like, you know, we found like we found you know Yankel, uh We found like in the movie, like in his seat, <laughs> like in front of the screen. You know, what are we, so he said he was always worried about that thought, like of being of being found in the, you know, that they're going to have to pull him out of the theater. So. That's of course that Yerush Shemayim is weak, right? That's a little bit of a all right. If it kept him from the wrong thing, if it works, it works. But really, it's not the, it's not the fear of being caught in the wrong place that should motivate us. It's the it's the fear of having to, having to confront to confront Hakadosh Baruch to confront Hashem within us, and to see yourself in that light, in, in the light of in, in that spotlight of, that that brings out the ugliness of. What you've been doing, and and the way you're living your life, and that feeling, and that feeling is one that 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 really, it, it's 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 it itself is Gehenim. That's what the Rebbe is saying. That's Gehenim. Avodah he says. Look, there's still a problem. Shagam b'shas cheratosay. This is a problem. Shagam b'shas cheratos lahargli yitzro. He says, what happens if the cherot of the regret is not really really. Complete. It's not really deep. It's not really sincere. So even when he's saying, "Ah, oh, I feel so bad. I can't believe I did that." He's saying al chait. He's saying vidui. So even then, he never really killed his yetsahar as a result of that. The, the feeling of regret wasn't really so sincere or intense. Or libo, and in the hidden part of his heart, He's already making plans. He's already making plans for his next fall. He's, he's making plans for his next avera. I mean, you can never imagine that when it would come to any other experience in life. Anything in life, if you experienced it, and it was horrible, if it was terrible, like if you went someplace, you know, they told you this is a really nice place, you should go for a vacation, you get there, and it's the worst place, and you had the worst time in your life, and, and, and you're sitting there, right, and, you, and this is your one week of vacation, and it's the, it's the dumbest trip you ever took, so you're thinking there, could you imagine you'd be sitting there thinking, when am I going to come back here? You'd never be thinking that. All, all, all you're thinking about is the regret and the remorse that you have, that you made such a dumb mistake, that you listened to that guy that told you, or, or the computer told you, come here, you'll have the time of your life. It's the worst time you ever had in your life. You had the time of your life. It was the worst time of your life. And 
and uh, you're thinking, I can't, I, I can't, I can't ever imagine a dream that I would ever come back to this place, and you feel so distant from it. The Rebbe says that when a person does something that's wrong, when a Jew does an Aveira, so, so really, if he'd really, really be totally broken, and, ha- and he'd have complete remorse and regret over doing that, so it wouldn't be possible, even in the deepest part of his heart, that, he, that, he's, that he'd be revisiting, or that he'd be, or he'd be planning another time. You know, like he's saying, on Yom Kippur, there's a terrible, terrible chait, and, and like, I hope I say this, I'll chait again next year. You know, that, that means that, of course he didn't go through any Gehanim. He didn't go through any Gehanim, because in the, in, the, in the secret part of who he is, there's this thought about maybe, maybe I'll do this again. It's not something which, I mean, maybe he's being honest, but obviously he doesn't feel, he doesn't feel that, re, that, that, that the revulsion that he should be feeling for what he's done that's wrong. And because of that, So since, now, how can you tell if this is what's going on inside of you? What do you mean? He says, In a hidden way, the Rebbe says, you're already planning your next Aveir. It's hidden, it's hidden from you also. What do you mean? So how do you know that? So the Rebbe says, well, if you've done something that, that halachically is bad, and it doesn't seem to bother you so much. It doesn't seem to you that it's, that it's anything really too bad. He says, I mean, you're not so worried about it. You don't feel bad enough that you'd want to, that you feel like taking a knife and mom is killing yourself because of your aggravation. You don't feel, you see, what the Rebbe says like this. If you begin to, if you begin, I'm not saying that, uh, the Rebbe certainly is not saying that a person should be obsessed with guilt and racked with guilt, not to be able to move on. I mean, he's a, he's one of the Talmudia Balshamtav, and certainly that's not the Mahalach at all in this. But what about, he says, the fact that, that very often in life you do something that really, really is terrible, and you, and you think to yourself, nah, that really was bad, but okay. And you're okay. You move on. That was the Rebbe. So you don't feel this terrible, terrible thing like you like you can't go on living. So, so the, the Rebbe says that be, that's because inside of yourself, in, in a very, it could be in a very deep way, inside of yourself, you don't think that it's really that horrible, and and you wouldn't mind doing it again, and you wouldn't mind doing it again. So that's why you don't make yourself sick and upset, because if you make yourself, if you'd really be sick. And broken by it, you know that you can never come back to that place. Because when you're sick and disgusted with something, you don't want to go back. So because the person would like to revisit, he'd like to go back. So he doesn't he doesn't look at this in a, in an honest way, and he doesn't feel that sickness and that and, and that and that guilt. This way, this way, he he has on some level distanced himself from the Indian, and he's able to and he's able to do it again, which is what he really would like to do. Right? That's what he really would like to do. So the Rebbe is saying, how do you know if you're planning to come back to this Indian? If, you if you're not repulsed by it right now, that's a simon that you probably would like to come back. Because if you would allow yourself to really, really experience the guilt and the remorse, then it would cause such a commotion inside of you, and it would distance you so much, you'd feel so horrible, and you'd feel so disgusted with that place or that person or whatever it is, that you'd, that you'd never come back. That you'd never want to come back. Because why? Because it's a Gehenna. So you don't want to come back to Gehenim. So the reason that you're not letting this become a Gehenim in your eyes is that you should be able to come back. 
this way you can come back. Right? You're not going to come back if it's not a good place. So, so after the day, the person comes and says, oh, listen, it's not so terrible. It's not so terrible. Really, let's say a person, God forbid, sees a, sees a show that's, that's, that's terrible, it's disgusting. He's on the television, he sees something, it's disgusting. So what he should be thinking is this, I can't believe I did this, is Avizrai the what's the matter with me? I should take this whole machine and just, and break it and burn it and look what it caused. It, it defiled the Kedusha of a Jew and it took me away from, it took me away from besides learning and it took me away from the, the Rabbanishalom, but it made that's a and and thoughts that if, that if my wife knew that I even had these thoughts, she'd be embarrassed to be married to me and so on. This would be this would be the this was this would be an accurate way of looking at things, right? So instead, the person says, "Look, anyway, like you know, a person's not so responsible for his thoughts, right? The fact that he went and bought the machine and he and he turns it on, a person's not so responsible for the machshavas. And after all, I'm normal. There's always a, I'm normal. This is like the thing. So I'm afraid if I don't do a various, maybe I'll be abnormal." So I have to keep up my, my, I have to make sure that I'm normal. So, you know, all the other, I'm a slow, all the other excuses and explanations. But the bottom line is that when he comes away from the whole thing, it's, no, it's not, it's not that bad. It's not the nicest thing, it's not so good, but it's not that bad. You know that that's only because this is a defense mechanism that, that permits him to turn it on another time, that's all. Now he's allowed to turn it, mutlach, 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 he's allowed to turn it on again. But if it would be, if it would be with a harata mamish, it would be with that feeling that 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 a person would have if he would give his. Can you imagine if you give you, you gave your child an eitzah, you gave you, you you gave your child some advice, and that the kid got totally messed up by that advice. And how would you feel? How tzibrocha would you feel if you messed up your kid with with the wrong eitzah, and your kid just got totally ruined by your eitzah? How would you feel? You couldn't live with yourself, and yet we're able to live with ourselves when we give ourselves the craziest eitzahs. Why? Because we want to be able to do it again. That's what the Rebbe is saying. But if you, if you really would feel the charata, if you'd really feel inside of you how terrible it is, and you'd be honest, he says, It's the best, it's the best uh, threat never to do this again. You don't need to be punished. No one needs to give you a patch. You don't have to get hit, beaten or hit. You, you yourself would never want to come back to this because it's so terrible. The, the Agmas Nefesh, the Yisurim, the Gehenim that I, that, I, that I went through that time. You won't, you, you'll never go back to that thing. You'll stay away from that whole Indian. You'll run away from it. And he says, listen, what, a, what an, an amazing thing he says here. So, you know, the Gemara says, the Gemara, the Gemara has different of a person, the Yet Sahar is getting, the Yet Sahar is getting, getting the better of a person, there are different what to do, but ultimately, the surest Yetz is, Yaskil Hamisa. Remind your Yet Sahara of the day of death. So the Rebbe is Medayik, the Rebbe is careful. He shows how the Gemara says, "Yaskil leyom hamisa." You should the best threat, the best reality check for you, is to remind yourself of the day of death. <coughs> so the Rebbe says it doesn't say to remind yourself of dying, but the day of death. What's the chiluk? Valzamar hagemar yaskil leyom hamisa. In other words, project, think about the future, and try to try to be mitzayah, try to envision in your mind. In a very clear way, the last day of your life, and you know it's the last day of your life. And the doctor said, the doctor said, you know, you have you have uh, you have one day left, and picture that in your mind. 
The Gemara doesn't say just remember that, remember or try to envision dying. <coughs> Why? What's the chilek? The day of death or the moment of death is there's a big difference. Even though it only comes out to a few hours, but there's a big difference. <laughs> because then imagine you have picture in your mind, it's the last day, and you have what? You have twelve, fifteen hours to think on your last day, and then you certainly don't have any more Yitzhahara, Yitzhah or Pasach. At that point, there's no Yitzhahara to do anything. Anything wrong? I mean, that whole, the whole Taiva, the whole Yitzhahara doesn't exist at that time. It's like, you know, like, the, what's your last wish? You know, uh, a 16-ounce, a 20-ounce rib steak, and all things like this. Like, that's the, that's the way to leave the world, right? You don't have any of these Sagas and Taivas when you, a person's on the day that he's going to die. During those hours, those last hours of thinking on the day of death, then then the horror of the filth of your life becomes very very clear in all of its in all of its in all of its abomination. It becomes clear to you. Until then, you're playing games like this, like that. It's not so bad. But now it becomes absolutely clear to you because there's no there's no longer yetsar. You know you're not doing that again. You're not going to have it anymore. There's only one thing that you're going to have, and that's you're going to have to face the Beisden Shomali. You're going to be facing the Beisden. You're going to be facing the Baruch in a few hours. So there's no, so you don't have to go through this game anymore. Like, it's not so bad. A lot of people do this. Because the only reason you do that is so you should be able to do it again. But now you're not doing it again. And you know that the next thing that's going to be happening to you is you're going to face the Rebbein Shalom. Ayumas Azuma Niglas Lafaya. Goyal Nefesh. Mamish. It's disgusting. It's loathing. V'chol Yimei Chayev. Oivim Lafanav. Then you see. All the days of your life passing before your eyes. You see it then like a, like a, like a short day. You see, it as a, you see it as one short time period that's overflowing with, with rodents and insects and narishkeit and nevelas. Aye, then you, you're looking over that day, and there's a couple of good things. Hashem, there are a couple of good things. A little bit here, a little bit there. You see some good things in your life. You could hardly recognize them because there's so little. You could hardly hardly find them in that picture that you're going through of your life that day. You could hardly you could, you could hardly find any of those little good times, good things. Not good times, meaning the meaningful times. The godl miyutam, because there's so little. Obedidasa. And they're so isolated and few. Vaozma godl tsara ukeeva. Think about that, and think about the unbelievable anguish you'll have when you're being told that, you have, that you're, going to be, you're going to be sharing this with Akarsh Baruch in an hour and two hours. She put this in the Maxed, the first time put the Maxed, no? Because we're going to forget this by, by, by Yom Kippur. She put it into the Maxed. What, what was it for? What did I gain from that? What was the Taklis of that? Why did I use the days of my life, those free hours, and the and all the time of my life to descend through those hours to the depths of filth, the Sipal Atel, Nikvei, the Tahemer Rabba, 
and now you you know that you're going to because of those things that you did that that you shouldn't have done that you're going to be thrown into a, into a into a place that's referred to as the the um, the vast emptiness. That's something that's a term that's being used in, in the Zayir in the Rishis Chachma for for a, a certain level of punishment. God forbid, after a person dies, and you know that now you're gonna now you're gonna be thrown into this place of emptiness. Ben Chamari Ben Chamari Asani Vekalbe, which is a way of saying you're going to be you're going to find yourself in a, in a little while amongst being, being torn apart by demonic beings by who knows what God forbid. But the Rashi Chachma talks about these things and Shevet Musa these these Malachi Chabola destructive angels that are ripping you apart. Limitaso and they're already standing by your bed. They're already there, even though you haven't died yet. This is your last day. They're already waiting. Limitaso and they're just waiting to to take your soul. Tachas, now not only that, you're thinking, what did I do? What did I do? Tachas instead, I could have used those hours, I could have used my whole life, all those years. I could have used them to serve Hashem, to rise, to get closer to Hashem, to that place of nobility. And then, and, and if I would have used it that way, then now these last few hours I'd be thinking about how any minute now, any minute now my, my Nisham is going to, going to fly back to my father, with the pleasantness and the sweetness of holiness that my, that my Nisham is going to be returned to Hashem. As Libo Yikra, when you think about what could have been and what is, you feel like tearing your heart. You want to take your soul and, and grab it in your hand and just to tear it to pieces. Because of the unbelievable tsar, the anguish and the pain. And the Rebbe says, And if you feel that way, That's the true remorse. That's what true remorse is over in Avera. That's what it means to feel like. But not when you're, not when you're on the day of death. But to think of now. If you've done something you shouldn't have done. To think of now. Vizos Yaskilo Yom Hamisa. That's why the Gemara says not to think of when you're dying. Think of the second and think of when you're dying. So okay. You're here, now you're not here. No, no, no. Think of the last twelve hours of what you think what you're going to be thinking about. If you have with God's help the presence of mind to think. Because how many people just end up spending, you know, years nebuch like vegetables without thinking about anything? But if you have the presence of mind those last 12 hours of your life to think so he says try to imagine that now you're 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old 40, whatever it is think of it now think of it think of what it's going to be like on the Yom HaMisa and that will be a very very sobering thought to give you to give you an opening to that Gehenim right now to have a taste of the bitterness of that hell now and if you taste of that then you'll stay away from doing this again because you can't, because you, you can't think of that way. It, it's too. The, those thoughts are so disturbing and so mind-boggling that you can't bear to put. You can't bear going through it anymore. So instead of creating a defense mechanism to say, "Ah, it's not that bad. It's not so bad," you know that you know that on the on the day on the day that when you're 120 on the day of your death, and you're going to know exactly then the truth. And certainly when you come to the world of truth, you're going to know exactly how bad it is. Like, you can play those games over here. You know, in this world, you can play those games, like with the television set. You can say, ah, it's so bad, a lot of people do it. 
who says it's such an avayr anyway. You could say that over here, but you can't say that when it's in the world of truth. You can't say those things. And then you know the last day of your life. You know that you know that it was all a shek. You know that it was all a lie because you just enjoyed it. So you made up all these you made up all these ridiculous things about why you know why it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's normal. It's naturally everybody does these things. Why can't I do these things? Why would I care anyway? All that baloney. It's all a bunch of baloney. And then the day of death, you know that it's a bunch of baloney. Or you could be like you could be like an old person who, who just takes his lies with a mamish on the last day also and plays the game till the last minute. That's that's the saddest thing of all. That's the saddest thing of all. At least you see you, you sometimes you see when you have a person that this whole life was was playing around. But uh, but at least at least as he gets older, you see that this settling down and more serious because self goes off. The Yitzhahara is not so strong anymore. <clears throat> but then you have people that they play the game till the end. That's what the Rebbe says. You think of the Yom Hamisa. That's why the Gemara says, remind yourself when you're thinking of when you when you have a big yitzar and you're thinking of doing this avera again, God forbid, or doing of starting this avera. Don't don't think of don't think of what's going to be like just dying, but think of what you're going to be thinking about for the twelve hours knowing that you're going to die, or that God forbid you're stuck someplace. I heard in the news that they that they found fully intact bodies. They found yesterday a dozen bodies underneath the World Trade Center. You heard this? Yeah, they found bodies. I mean, skeletons, but you know, they weren't crushed. They weren't. They weren't destroyed. They were in some sort of a pocket. So how do they die? They starved to death, Nabla. They weren't. They weren't. These were people that they saw by you know they they did the tests on them, and they saw that um, that they weren't hurt, or maybe just bruised, but uh, they were just lying there in this like darkness in some hole. In the uh, in the bottom of the of the World Trade Center, it's a horrible thought. I, I can't, I can't. I mean, I'm, I, so I said maybe maybe the guy was unconscious. Like I'm trying to figure out maybe he was unconscious, you know, and and because he was knocked down or something, so he just you know he didn't go through that that, that pain of starving to death, which is terrible. So, but they said they said on the news that you know they, that probably that, that these people died of starvation because the injuries were they, they said the injuries were not were not bad. Enough to like you know to to hurt a guy, so can you imagine? And you know there's like there's no tachlis at all. It's one thing if it's one thing if you if someone is chasasham like under a foot of some rubble. This this guy's under like you know the whole World Trade Center is on top of him. So there's there's no chance in the world that you know hello. It's not, it's not, he doesn't hear any he doesn't hear any any, any police officer firefighters uh, schmoozing around him. He he's finished. And I'm thinking about just to lie there like that. To make a cheshman hanefesh, and to have like those hours to think until until your neshama leaves you, just to think with no hope, it's unbelievable. The thought of it is unbelievable. So that that kind of a thought, the Rabbi says, is yaskel yayim hamisa, yaskel yayim hamisa. Not not the horrible thought of of the building falling on you. It's finished. Afal. That's it. You're done. It's a second. But what if it what if it falls on you and you're stuck in one of those pockets underneath for twelve hours? That's the Yom Hamisa. We should never have any tsaras. But but that that thought of the Yom Hamisa. Vaid Evsha Yaskala Yom Hamisa. Shigamaisa Yiska Biyam Hamisa. Another thing is Yaskala Yom Hamisa says the Rebbe says another thing is that that he says if you that it, that on the on the day of your death, 
He says, Shagam Maisa say Yizka Biyam Hamisa. That on the day of your death, you're going to remember this thing that you plan, that you feel like doing right now. You're going to remember that you did it. Right? You're, you're thinking about doing this Aveyor. Because the Gemara here is giving an Eitzah. If, if your Yitzhar is getting the better of you, this is an Eitzah. So what's this Eitzah? The Eitzah is, try to look ahead and imagine the future experience of looking back on this stupid thing that you're doing. That's what it means. Think about, like, because when you, that on the day of your death, you're going to look back on this thing that, you're just, that you feel like doing right now. If you do it, you're going to remember it on the day of your death, and you're going to think back. So he says, try to project into the future that experience and that and, and use that as a deterrent to prevent you from doing the Aveira. But actually, and then and then and that will that'll act as a deterrent, and you'll scream and be afraid. Even though you haven't done this Aveira, you didn't do it yet. You could already start to feel the agmas nefesh and fear and 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 the, and, and the horrible thoughts of of what of what it would be like to think back. Upon this Aveyor. And then you will try to run as far away as you can to get away from that, from that terrible, that terrible fear, that terrible Agmas Nefesh. You'll do, you'll do whatever you can to run away from it. Now, you have a page, you have a page from a Tzaddik in front of you, from Tzikas Tzaddik. In Kufnun Gimel. We'll just we'll just start it. We're gonna have to. It's late. We're gonna have to just. We'll just start it, and then we'll we'll, we'll uh, finish this. We'll finish this next week from Rebbezadim. But just look at the first sentence. The anguish that a Jew has over his averes. The anguish that you experience because of your averes. Hutmuras Yisurin is instead of suffering. In other words, if you, Reb Tzaddik says that if you really, really feel Agmas Nefesh, if you really, if you tortured yourself, so to speak, I mean, in a, in a, obviously in a, in a Seichaltika way, if you tortured yourself, then, then that's it. You don't need any other punishment. When you come to the next world, 120, they don't talk to you about it. Why? Because the Bunchal doesn't have to put you into Ganem because you put yourself through Ganem. If you don't put yourself into Gehanim, then you have to go to Gehanim. Then they put you there. But if you put yourself into Gehanim, you don't have to go through it again. Because we learn. That's the Rabbi says, that the Agmas Nefesh of Tzaddik says, the anguish, the aggravation that you have from an Aveira that you did, Hutmuras Yisurin. It's an exchange instead of having to suffer, of, having to, of being punished. Now he brings an unbelievable thing from the Zara Kodesh. And his interpretation, like everything of Tzaddik, like when you look at that piece of the Zohar, you say, What's, like, what do you, how do you see that? But that mind of Reb Tzaddik, that unbelievable, the mind of the kind, that genius. So he says, well, first of all, he assumes that we all know what it says in the Zohar. Because he says, You know, it says over there in the Zohar in Vayakel. So um, what does it say in the Zohar Vayakel? You don't have it there. That's uh, this is the tzikas uh, that was put out some time ago in Israel. The ones that are, that are losing the covers. So I'll read to you here. It brings down from the, it brings down when so it brings these zoyas. Uh, so it brings the lush. So I'll just read to you the piece of the and Then you say what? 
and then and then we'll uh, we'll we'll pick up on the next time. Uh, this is obviously translated into the Hebrew from the Aramaic. It says in the like this: When they go and they report Mashiach is in his place in, in, in Ganadin, and when and when they come to Mashiach, Malachim, whatever it is, they come, they tell Mashiach about the suffering of the Jewish people in Galus. And they tell the Mashiach about the Rishoyim, the wicked among the Jews, who are not even thinking about God, don't make any cheshman about God. Then what happens? It says, Mashiach lifts up his voice, and he cries, He cries about these Rishoyim that they don't even realize. They don't even think about that they're rebelling against God and that, and that, that their gullus is going on and on and that the Jews are suffering in gullus because of them. Zel and that's what it means in the Pasik when it speaks about it's hinting to Mashiach. And he is tortured and tormented because of our sins. That's in the famous parak in the Navi of Evid Hashem, the suffering servant of God. Which you know that the Christians, of course, took and they made that into the they made that into the focal point of their entire theology that is talking about Isaiah the suffering servant of God. Which, of course, in all in all in, in many of the storm, especially in the debates that were with the Church in the Middle Ages, so the Chazals that pointed out that it's not talking about Mashiach, it's talking about the Jewish people. The Jewish people are the suffering servant of God. But Lamaisa, the Zoya holds that that's Mashiach. It's just that they didn't. Nobody wanted to talk about that because the Christians were, are misusing that, that the suffering servant of God is Mashiach, because they wanted to have a suffering Messiah, because they wanted to. They wanted to take that and to put it into the into the life of, into life of uh, of Isaiah of that person. So that's why they, it's very much underplayed that there are Mefarshim and Chazals and the Zohar says that it is talking about, it is talking about Mashiach. So it says there in the pasuk that he's Mechulon Pshainu. The Mashiach is 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 suffering is to, is tortured. Because of our sins. Let me just read to you this last sentence. It says in the Zohar that in Ganeiden there's a Hechel, there's a chamber, in Ganeiden there's a chamber that's called the chamber of those who are sick. Like an infirmary. When Mashiach hears about the Rishayim, he's crying and screaming, and then he goes to visit. He goes into that Hechel of the sick. He, vis- he goes into that infirmary, that place of the sick. And he calls out all of the sicknesses and all of the pain, and all of the suffering. He goes there into that place that's called the chamber of sickness, and he goes and there he speaks about, he screams out all the different sicknesses that Jews have, all levels of sickness, terrible sicknesses. He goes over. That are going to now come upon him, upon Mashiach, because he has to suffer from our sicknesses. The Kulam Boimalov, and then all those sicknesses come upon Mashiach. The Lulay Shu and if Mashiach would not take away from us, if Mashiach would not be taking away from us from these sicknesses, if he wouldn't be accepting upon himself from our sicknesses, a Jew would not be able to go on living because he'd be because he'd be suffering so much from horrible sicknesses because of the punishments of, of his going against the Torah. 
That's what it says in the Pasuk there in Yeshaya, that the Jewish people say, ah, Mashiach is carrying our, our sicknesses. That's what it says in the Zohar Kodesh. Now, how does it connect to what we're learning? And, and how is this the Agnes Nefesh, that your own Gehenim that you feel when you've done something wrong, that that's in place of any Yisurim that you have to have in the next world? So that Bez Hashem will, will continue with next week. So bring this page, put it inside the uh, inside the Hachshar uh, Reichim that we should be able to continue with the next week. Shkai. What's that? What's the Shabbos here? What time? Seven fifteen. What's the Shabbos this year?